It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. We welcome you into this Friday edition of the Sports Mix, a long episode on this Friday, Colin. We got football to talk about, high school football playoffs, of course, last night. Or, I'm sorry, we already we already talked about the volleyball, right? Or also been losing to Morgantown, so. Uh, but we got football to talk about, of course, tonight on Talk Radio WRNR and WRNR TV on YouTube. We'll have Parkersburg South talking on, taking on Martinsburg. We will talk to Eric Little at 12.15 in a pre-recorded interview with him about what Parkersburg South brings to the table. We will talk to Huntington play-by-play man Christian Palmer, and he'll give us a little bit of a breakdown on what the Highlanders have this year as well as some of the other teams in that side of the state. Then we'll talk to Tyler Kennett, who writes for West Virginia News, and he will tell us about Bridgeport, George Washington tonight, as well as Princeton and Oak Hill. And then we'll talk our normal college football NFL stuff. Yeah, our show brought to you by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons family-owned full-service funeral home that's proudly served the area since 1880. Looking forward to today's show because, as you said, a long show going an hour and a half, a special edition of Football Friday as playoffs get started tonight. And let's now get into tonight's game, Nick, that we'll have Martinsburg, Parkersburg South, on paper, you look at it, and you still heavily favor Martinsburg, I feel like. But there is still some talent on that Parkersburg side team, as we're being joined now by Dylan Bishop as well to get ready for this show. What it comes down to is stopping the run. I feel like something that Martinsburg's definitely done well this year, but they haven't seen the talent of a guy like the senior running back that Park South has, I feel like, engaged right. He has had a tremendous season. 1,889 net rushing yards. He's also one of their leading receivers as he comes in with 440 receiving yards, nine touchdowns receiving, 23 touchdowns on the ground. So the offense goes through him. Gerritsen has done well getting him the ball. So expect yeah. him to... Hopefully be shut down by Martinsburg if they can do that. It should be I mean, a good game for the Bulldogs. I saw him play a couple of years ago when he was their running back as a sophomore and um, definitely, you know, a talented athlete. I think he plays multiple sports and uh good runner of the football. Parkersburg South has some talent on this team. Like, they're 6-4, and four, but they started the year really strong, kind of ran into some things in the middle of the season and close the season not very well so that's the concern there they're coming in with like little to no momentum i think they got blown out by wheeling park a few weeks ago so it's like how are they going to go on the road and beat this martinsburg team is what your initial thought is on paper but also i think anytime you're the road team the underseeded team early in the playoffs you know that the odds are stacked against you so in, in that case maybe you're playing a little bit with less pressure playing a little bit looser and maybe this team can make it competitive tonight but i i do think that martinsburg has the better team and you talked about it colin their strength being the run game and the fact that martinsburg's strength is stopping the run 
has a lot of guys up front that I think will make it difficult for Parkersburg South to run the football. And I do think Martinsburg wins this one by multiple scores. But there's some talent on that Park South team. Obviously, you know, they were in the state championship game a year ago. Uh, but they lost Robert Shockey. That was the big loss. He left in the transfer portal. They also lost Cyrus Trow, their wide receiver, who was pretty explosive. So their passing game took a big hit. Gage Wright, very good running back, one of the best running backs in the state. But if you can contain him, I think Martinsburg will be fine tonight. I, Dylan, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. How's it going? Happy Veterans Day, by the way. We didn't mention that at the beginning sorry, of the show. Man. That's why Dylan's here, since there's no school. Yes. So I think we've reached a point, if you're looking at football at an NFL level, where we, we've kind of gotten away from you know running the ball and defense wins championships i think we've kind of you know we've seen that guys like patrick it's still mahomes, important it's still important but i think having a guy like a patrick mahomes is now the important thing and i think even in college football you could say that maybe even it's it's leaning more towards that way but i think at the high school level it's still running the ball and playing defense that wins you championships because the the chances of you having that kind of passing game that can just dot the ball down the field for 300 plus yards in every game through the playoffs against the good teams is very unlikely yeah martinsburg is built to win a state championship with that defensive line in particular and with the running game with murphy clement and coy fagan and i think that starts tonight with parkersburg south i think they're a talented team but not the talent on the level of martinsburg and i I think that we're going to see this this game and i think i can even extend it into next game that martinsburg is gonna be able to get themselves into the final four of of this tournament pretty handily i think yeah i would lean that way as well i do think it's important though to have that balance you don't want to be all run but you are right obviously you want to have a good running game and that should be the strength i feel like with your team for the most part at the high school level unless you have that elite quarterback but like you said you know there's only so many of those guys even on the planet earth right that uh, might that, that, that might come into play if we get to a, a team like huntington right and, or cabal midland we'll see how something like that goes but also to my knowledge you know i mean yes they have good quarterbacks on those other teams but they're they're not you know changing the game type right. guys in terms of what they do in the passing game um, you know, nobody in the state of West Virginia has that Tyson Bajant level yeah. quarterback or anything like yeah, that. My, so. my point just being that you can get by, at least I, I think these of. first two rounds it, 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 tonight against Park South without Murphy Clement being that elite passer of the ball because he is such a good runner and Coy Fagan such a good runner and your defense is going to hold most teams in the state to very little offense. They have all year long and that's something that parkersburg south has definitely struggled i know later on we'll talk in shepherd but i'll kind of bring this into the mix now we always say what the magic number for shepherd 24 right mm-hmm. i'm saying the magic number here for this matchup 35 and here's why teams that have scored 35 plus points against parkersburg south have won when parkersburg south scores more than 35 they are also obviously the winners but when they score under they don't yeah so i mean i feel like though that might 
be a number that you could probably apply to a lot of high school football teams because of yeah the fact that it's hard to it's, it is pretty hard to lose games. a football game if you score 35 points if you do lose a game that you score 35 and you got some problems on your defense yeah which you know we can say that at, at you know some levels of football that that happens look at you know at college level look at usc they scored 42 against washington and lost by 10 points and but i, I think that it's a good point, Colin. That I, I think, but it also goes to show that I think it this shows, team's capable of scoring. Yeah, it shows the kind of yeah. games that they played in. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they're blowing out teams. They're getting blown out. Fifty-six, thirty-five against Parkersburg. They only lost by eight that time around. Yeah, sixty-two, thirteen against Bridgeport, thirty-eight against Morgantown, seventy-two against Greenbrier East. And then the past two weeks, they've definitely struggled. 14 against Wheeling Park, who blew them out by 50. And then last week, losing 48-27. Right. Those are really good teams that they've lost to there in these last two weeks of the season. Like Princeton was, what, number four in the state and in like the second to last rankings, or maybe it was third to last. But yeah. that being said they're playing one of I those great the one teams. The, yeah, the way they lost those games, though, I still feel like are kind of unexpected like yes wheeling park's a good team but they're 11th mm-hmm. um and you know they're they're not bad at all i think they were seven and two this year i think again that matchup between them and jefferson which we'll get into later like that's going to be one that you could potentially circle as a potential upset tonight i, I could yep. see that going either way i think you're right and um you know they're clicking right now but to lose to them that badly based on what we think about martinsburg and what we think we know is that martinsburg is still the top dogs if you're losing to teams like that that badly like tonight's probably not going to go well for you so you know i I think it's probably a tough game for park south give me the bulldogs big yep i think we're good to take a break on the other side of that break we'll hear from eric little who will have a lot more on parkersburg south and kind of give an overview of their season so far and he'll give some of his predictions for who he thinks will be kind of the top teams in the state this year all right this segment brought to you by parsons ford and martinsburg at 1400 shepherdstown road and online at parsonsford.com they became number one by making you number one first parsons For new car dealerships and for used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Car accident? 
Get more with Mansion Ferretti. After a car accident, what does it mean when we say get more with Mansion Ferretti? It means making the insurance company do what's right. It means getting a powerful local law firm on your side, one with decades of experience. And it means the peace of mind of never paying us a fee unless we get money for you. So if you've been injured, get more with Mansion Ferretti. 304 264 8505. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We're now joined on the Sports Mix by the play-by-play voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots, Eric Little, as Parkersburg South gets ready to take on the Martinsburg Bulldogs this evening, game that we'll have and a game that he'll have as well as we get into looking at the Patriots so far this year. Eric, just tell us how the season's gone. It's been a bit of an up-and-down season. Uh, Parkersburg South comes in off of a trip to the Super 6 last year. A funny thing that both of these teams have in common tonight is that they both had their seasons ended by Huntington last year, Martinsburg in the state semis and Parkersburg South on Wheeling Island. So Parkersburg South was flying high. Uh, they did lose a notable transfer in Robert Shockey, the quarterback, transferred to Cabell Midland. But they replaced him with Turner Garrison, uh, a really good athlete. And they started 3-0, and things were pretty uh, exciting for Parkersburg South. Uh, they slipped and stumbled in their rivalry game with Parkersburg High, uh, a team that was just out in the Eastern Panhandle last weekend and defeated Musselman. But they finished up their season, the first half of the season at 4-1. and one. They felt pretty good going into the bye week. And then after the bye week, they knew they would have an uphill climb uh, with Bridgeport and Morgantown back-to-back. And this is when the season almost took on a soap opera feel, as I referred to it as, uh, as Class AAA turns or as Parkersburg South turns. Uh, Parkersburg South went into Bridgeport, and they got behind early, and they never really got back into the game in a loss to Bridgeport. Uh, morale was at an all-time low, and then they go – back on the road the following week to Morgantown, and they rally from down 10 in the fourth quarter to win. And it's the only time to date this season that Parkersburg South has come back from a double-figure deficit. So you're thinking, okay, this team's 5-2. and two. They've got their groove back, and you know things are going well. They beat Greenbrier East. And then these last two weeks, uh, Parkersburg South has just had their mojo completely taken away. Wheeling Park uh, served Parkersburg South to kind of loss. Uh, in the second-to-last game of the season that I'm not really sure South or a lot of South followers thought they were capable of taking. Uh, just a complete domination, a 64-14 win over Parkersburg South on Wheeling Island. And I think this team was left reeling a little bit and trying to figure out their identity and trying to find their energy, and that showed last week in a loss to Princeton. It's a really good Princeton team, and I'm not taking anything away from them. But South stopped Princeton on the first drive of the game, and then they were driving to take the lead themselves, the Patriots fumbled the ball inside the five, then Princeton on their ensuing drive scored and never looked back. And I think maybe the things play a little bit differently if South takes that first lead. Uh, but again, this is a team that 
uh, has ridden the waves all season. They've been dealt their fair share of adversity, most of it in-game, uh, and they've not handled all of it 100% the way that you'd like to see a team handle it. So uh, we'll see how they come out tonight. Eric, what do you think are some uh, strengths and weaknesses of this team? Well, weakness, I would say, definitely is uh, their inability to handle adversity well in the moment. Like I said earlier, uh, they got four losses this year. Uh, two of them were pretty decisive. One of them uh, was a game in, in a rivalry where I think Parkersburg South uh, emotions got to them a little bit in that game. Uh, this is a team that has been at times prone to the 15-yard penalty. They've got some players that uh, have kind of short fuses sometimes and, and, and make those kind of mistakes and, and take their take themselves out of it uh, by not using their heads. Uh, so there, there are a couple issues that have been ongoing this year, and these are things that the coaching staff has addressed and addressed and addressed and addressed, and I know they're running out of ways to do that. Uh, so that's definitely a weakness at times that's been this Parkersburg South team. They don't always handle adversity on and off the field. They don't always handle in-game situations where an opponent's got you uh, pinned back, you know, you're, you know, whatever analogy, whatever metaphor you want to use there. Strengths, they've got possibly the best running back in the state in Gage Wright. Uh, Wright has scored uh, 23 rushing touchdowns this year. He has 35 total touchdowns. He has South's only two special team scores on a punt return last week and a kick return from the season opener. Uh, he's got nine receiving scores to go along with a scoop and score and those 23 rushing scores. If they can get blocks and seal the edges for him, if Gage Wright gets in space, he sees the field better than few others uh, in class. Triple A, really any class, see the, see the field. Who are some other notable playmakers for this year's team? The quarterback, Turner Garrison, has had a solid year uh, at quarterback for the Patriots. Uh, he's somebody that they've leaned on a lot. He was a receiver last year, one of the top receivers. Would have been the top returning receiver, but it's been his desire and dream to play quarterback for Parkersburg South um, pretty much since the day he transferred into the program when he was in elementary school, and, uh, or at least in the district, rather, when he was in elementary school. He's had a solid season, and he's a contributor on both sides of the ball as well. Uh, South is down their best receiver. Their their most prolific receiver, Tristan Walker, broke his foot against Wheeling Park in Week 10. So, unfortunately, he's done for the season. But uh, into that void, Devin Forshee stepped up last week, six grabs for 113 yards. He's someone that they'll probably lean on a little bit more. Dylan Fleek is a really good athlete on the defensive side of the ball. The local TV station just named him their academic achiever of the week this week, too. So it was a smart kid. Uh, the kind of kid that gets into a program and just buys in on both sides of the ball. They've used him primarily defensively because they've had other offensive weapons. But I think he's a pick-to-click here this late in the season. I had him as my pick-to-click last week, and I really thought he would do more than he did. Uh, just didn't get the chance last week. But I think he's in line to have a big game. And Eli Bartley is a guy that's a running back slot receiver hybrid. And you know, last year we had Cyrus Traw, another guy who – uh, he was at Youngstown State this year, but that was a, a big loss to graduation. Uh, they put him into the backfield, and it was basically a receiver uh, playing running back. Well, this year when Bartley moves into the slot, he's a running back that's playing slot. He's got very running back tendencies when he when he makes uh, plays after the catch, and uh, he sees the field like a running back does. And they use him to spell gauge right. They use him in two-back sets every now and then, and he has had a, a nice season running the football there as well. Eric, when you look at this matchup, it's a matchup we've seen before in the playoffs at Martinsburg, and one of the big things is always 
uh, when you're playing Martinsburg to, I guess, um, you know, not just look at the name on the jersey and automatically think you're going to lose, have that confidence that you can go in and win. Do you think it helps at all that some of the guys that were on that team a few years ago have, have played in this stadium, have played in this game before? I don't know that it helps really because it didn't go well the last time they played at Coburn Field. Uh, I think, if anything, it makes it more real. Uh, they know exactly what that threat is. It's not just um, an urban legend. And I know, I know that's maybe a weird way to say it, but to be honest, a lot of a lot of the greatness of Martinsburg football is an urban legend here in the western part of the state. You hear about Martinsburg, you don't really see Martinsburg. They've only come east once this season. Ironton, Ohio, when they played Clarkson North, was the only time they've left the panhandle all season. So it's a team that you only read about, you see about on social media, and maybe some short clips on social media, but you don't hear a ton about them. Uh, but this program's definitely for real. The numbers bear that out, and the fact that you know, it was just two years ago that Parkersburg South went up there in the opening round and fell to the, the, the Bulldogs. And that's a memory that's fresh in the minds of a lot of players because that team two years ago was a sophomore-laden team. Gage Wright saw significant time in that game. Turner Garrison saw significant time in that game. And they played very key roles with the Patriots that year. So it's first and foremost on the minds at least of two of your leaders. So I would say yes, that's definitely something that plays into this for South tonight. And to follow up with that, what do you feel like then South needs to do to potentially make it closer or even pull off an upset? I think South is going to have to play their cleanest, most perfect game of the year. And that's not a comment on South. That's more of a comment on um, on Martinsburg and how skilled and athletic and talented Martinsburg is and all the threats the Bulldogs have. But it's also uh, – it is, I guess, also a bit of a commentary on – how Parkersburg South has left some things on the table this year. They've not always played uh, turnover-free football. They've not always played penalty-free football. And this is a team that if they play the right way a little bit more than maybe they have this season, I'm not sure that 6-4 and and a 14 seed is where this group would be. It's a rough 14 draw. I mean, you saw Martinsburg in the Metro News Power Rankings get the number one uh, spot in that. So the perception among many is, the SSAC ratings aside, this Martinsburg team is the best team in the state. I think South has to forget about that. I think South has to realize that they have literally nothing to lose. They're making this trip across the state for what could be uh, their last football game of the season, and for some of these seniors, their last football game ever. So they've got to lay it all on the line. They've got to forget about the first 10 games. They've got to forget about some of the things that got them to 6-4, and four, that got them into the 14th seed and into a matchup with Martinsburg, and just play – just play football, just relax and play their absolute best game, play for one another. And if they do that and they stay clean with the penalties and clean with the turnovers, then I think they've got the athleticism to maybe make something happen. Eric, with all that being said, um, what would be your prediction right now for a uh, state championship game? That's a good one. Um, I think Martinsburg is a team you definitely have to look at in in that uh, class AAA bracket. You know, Dave Walker seems like he's picked back up where things are uh, or even where he left off, and I think he's you know you know been very solid. Hasn't missed a beat over there. You have to look at Cabell Midland. Uh, they got a good rushing attack and a quarterback at Robert Shockey, who's been there before. Uh, he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. I know a lot of people expect Cabell Midland to be very run happy and run first, but they do have a quarterback in Shockey that has extensive experience in a pass offense, and that's Parkersburg South. Um, Huntington, I hear a lot of things about their defense. I think they're a team that 
Uh, if they get on a roll, they, they could make a run as well. I know Hurricane's got a really tough first-round matchup with Parkersburg High tonight because that Parkersburg High team comes in as a 13 seed, but they're just getting healthy. They just got one of their playmakers back last week, and so maybe they're a little underseeded at 13. So uh, it, it's it's a wide-open class. I know that Martinsburg is going to be the heads-and-shoulders proverbial favorite for a lot of people, but you know, don't sleep on any of these teams and, and certainly don't uh, – don't dis, don't discount anybody. All Eric. Appreciate the time and safe trip up here. Well, thank you so much, and uh, looking forward to this one. That was Eric Little, the play-by-play voice for the Parkersburg South Patriots as we step aside, take a break here on the Sports Mix of this segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store. Visit them today at 360 Hack Wilson Way is going on right now is their first annual Turkey Bowl Cooking Showcase. We'll stop by Orsini's right now until 5 p.m. and go get yourself some delicious free turkey. I think that's what I'm going to do for lunch right after this. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna call my parents. Dad, come over. The first gets done. (laughs) The Traeger Connected Experience. Everything you need for epic flavor. And then some. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. WB Medicine is pleased to introduce eight new providers who've joined University Health Associates East and our medical staffs at Berkeley Medical Center in Jefferson Medical Center. Dr. Haviz Subair and Dr. Casey Martin, pulmonary and critical care. Dr. Kyrie Horsley and Dr. Alan Tenzar, podiatry. Dr. Layla Elder, family medicine. Dr. Jack Gelman, plastic surgery. Dr. Brianna Barr, hospitalist. And Dr. Jonathan Moss, family medicine and transitional care. Welcome to WVU Medicine. Nothing goes better with football than chicken. From peewee to the big boys to the wing tee formation, a hearty meal of 12 pieces for $12 is just what the boys need to be at their best. Oh, my. Fumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Rocks 12 pieces of chicken, just $12. It's the excitement of NCAA Division II football on TV10 featuring the Shepherd University Rams. Rams showing blitz and bring blitz. Play action. High pass intercepted. Oh! It's picked off by Shepard. Running down the sideline is Naeem Alexander with just the quarterback to beat. Stumbles out of the tackle and takes it in for the touchdown. Shepard. The Rams play host to Mercyhurst on Saturday for Senior Day. Kickoff is set for noon with pregame coverage beginning at 1130 a.m. right here on TV10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you. We welcome you back here to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Nick Verzellini, Kyle McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop now joined on the phone by the voice of the Huntington Highlanders football team. Christian Palmer. Christian, how are you doing today, man? 
I am doing great, man. Uh, how are you doing? It's been a while since we last talked. I'm doing good. It's good to have you on the show. Um, Huntington having another good season. What, or I guess kind of just take us through the season so far, Christian, and, and give us an overview of the year. All right, Nick. Well, you know, it started off strong, started off how it finished last year. Huntington had 13 straight victories to end last season and then started this year with seven straight wins, uh, just dominating a bunch of teams and a lot a lot of teams on the schedule down this year for Huntington. So, so many lopsided games. We actually had two games where Huntington won 86 to nothing, another 77 to nothing, a bunch of shutouts throughout the season. You know, you had a couple of closer games against Cabell Midland, Hurricane, and Parkersburg. Uh, The Midland game, Huntington's lone loss on the season. And that game really started out exactly how Cabell Midland wants to play. They get an opening drive touchdown with Curtis Jones, who is actually a former Highlander, transferred to Cabell Midland and has been tremendous for them, going to play at the next level for West Virginia as well. He started off the game with a big touchdown run. Then the Knights got a turnover and scored, so bam, it was 14 to nothing, like three or four minutes into the game. Then Midland was able to ground and pound, keep the clock moving, and really that was the recipe to beat Huntington, but Midland, the only team that's been able to do it so far. And one other last thing that I wanted to note, something that happened just a little bit over a month ago that has been a big loss for Huntington High is their standout senior wide receiver, Wayne Harris, was injured in the homecoming game. He actually won homecoming king, then got knocked out for the season later in the game so you know mixed results in that day but Harris he broke the school record for touchdown catches last year was tremendous on both sides of the ball this year as well so that is a huge loss but this is a Huntington team with depth Christian Colin McLaughlin here thank you for joining us unfortunate to hear about Harris there hopefully he has a speedy recovery uh who were some other guys that have stepped up for this huntington team this year one player and this guy is just a sophomore he has got a bright future ahead of him tavion wilson he was the highlanders punter last year that was really the only time that he got to play besides garbage time and he's continued the punting duties this year but has Picked up some defensive play a little bit here and there. Done a solid job there. But he is now pretty much Huntington's number one wide receiver as a sophomore. He has 15 catches for 370 yards on the season. Six touchdown catches. Four touchdown runs. He also has, I believe, like three or four special teams touchdowns as well. He had a couple of scoops and scores. So, This is a guy who impacts all three facets of the game. He can boot the ball down the field, return the kick if you need to, catch it or run it in, make the tackle, anything in between. He has been excellent this year.
Hey, Christian, Dylan Bishop here. Wanted to talk about tonight's matchup when it comes to Huntington and Morgantown. What can you tell us about the, the matchup coming in tonight with the Highlanders and the Mohegans and what you expect from that, from that game? Well, I honestly, I'm expecting the Highlanders to pull out the victory, but I think that Morgantown has the potential to give Huntington a pretty good game. You know, they're 7-3 and three on the season, and they've got a bit of a trip traveling to Huntington, but the Mohegans are undefeated on the road this season, 5-0 and oh on the road, 2-3 and three at home, so, hey, maybe they don't care about home field advantage. However, one thing that Morgantown will need to do better than it did in its last game. They scored a season-low seven points against Lindsley, against the Highlanders' high-powered offense, averaging about 53.8 points a game, if I remember correctly. Definitely going to need more than one lone touchdown. But one thing that Morgantown does well that I think could be an X factor in this game is their ability to run the football. You know, they've got three players on the roster with over 400 rushing yards on the season. The recipe for a win, in my opinion, for the Mohegans is to dominate time of possession and don't give Huntington that much time to work with. Now, Huntington on the other side of things, they don't really care about time of possession too, too much because they have had so many drives this season. One or two plays score in about 10 seconds. So even if Morgantown does win the battle of time of possession, they will need to do a little bit more. But I think that is step number one. Dominate on the ground. Keep the ball away from Huntington as much as you can. Christian, as we look at it, uh, we wanted to get you on as well because of your your knowledge of the other teams in the area. And we have two teams from the Eastern Panhandle matched up with two teams that you've seen play this year. Spring Mills has taken on Spring Valley and uh, Musselman taken on Cabell Midland for the second time this season. Uh, Timberwolves, we'll start with that matchup. They started the year 0-4, but they're on quite the winning streak and are playing some pretty good football. Uh, what have you seen from Spring Valley this year as they take on Spring Mills tonight, and what do you think, I guess, uh, about that matchup? The main thing for Spring Valley, Nick, is that they've just gotten experience. Huntington opened up its season against Spring Valley, and they look like a complete different team. The Timberwolves do, that is. That was a 42-7 to win for Huntington, and I believe that Valley's lone touchdown took place late in the game. Uh, a lot was going wrong out of the gate. Huntington blocked a punt, scooped and scored, and just kept piling on after that. But Valley lost a lot of key members from last season's team, including their starting quarterback. So just a lot of new faces at a lot of new positions had to think that it was going to take some time for them to be able to get things going in the right direction. And also, I mean, they played Murderer's Row the first month of the season. Huntington, Midland, Jefferson, Hurricane. And yes, they have definitely improved in the second half of the season. You see that with wins against solid teams in George Washington and Parkersburg. But also it was a bit how the schedule worked out playing Riverside, South Charleston, Capital, 
St. Albans teams that are all down this year in the second half. So that definitely helped Valley's case as well. How about the Musselman Cabell Midland game? Well, that game, you know, that is another one that I believe I'm going to have to go with uh, one of the hometown squads. Obviously, Midland, the number one seed, they have had a great year, just one loss on the season. Really, all the local teams kind of beat up on each other. Hurricane beat Midland. Midland beat Huntington. Huntington beat Hurricane. But you know what you're going to get from Cabell Midland. They are a run-heavy offense. Hardly will ever throw the ball. Just a couple of times here and there. And they've got the offense this season to do that. Mentioned Curtis Jones Jr. earlier. I mean, my goodness, guys. You have to go back and watch some of the film of Huntington's game against Midland. This guy dominated and really was the number one reason why the Knights won that game. You know, it's a team sport. Everybody chipped in, but Curtis Jones, he ran for over 200 yards in that game, had a couple of touchdowns. Huntington wished he was still a Highlander on that Friday night. All right, Christian. Well, we've seen we, – we saw Huntington and Martinsburg last year. Huntington got the win. We've seen this year Cabell got a win over Huntington. Obviously, when it comes to the matchups in the end with these top teams, what do you think we're going to see in the state championship when it all is said and done here in the playoffs? Honestly, I – and, you know, it's a bit tough to predict this early on because, you know, you never know if there's going to be a couple of upsets along the way. But I would – Love to see, and I think that we might be able to get the perfect rematch and the Highlanders potentially being able to avenge their lone loss of the season. The Highlanders, number two, Midland, number one, on opposite sides of the bracket. So the only way that they could meet again and Huntington get its revenge would be in the championship. And both teams certainly favored to win this Friday. It's going to get tougher as the playoffs progress but both guaranteed to be at home all the way up until the championship and you know that goes a long way Uh, Huntington dominated at home last season in the playoffs especially the first two rounds with big wins and it's always so hard to knock off Martinsburg that definitely helped having the Bulldogs travel to Huntington last year and I think home field advantage is going to play a big part again If I had to make the prediction today, I am saying Huntington against Midland and the Highlanders get the win and go back-to-back. All right, Christian, appreciate the time today and uh, talk to you next week, hopefully. All right, sounds like a plan, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks to all of you guys. I always enjoy talking to uh, former MUL brother and Nick Berzellini. So thanks, guys. You too, Christian. Next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. Step aside, take another break here on today's edition of the Sports Mix as this segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Visit them today at HagerstownFord.com.
Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. W. Harley Miller Systems understands the need and desire for reliable and affordable smart home solutions. Secure your home with a security system and keep a close eye on your family. Automate your home with a control force system and have smart technology work as one. Set daily schedules to control your thermostats. Push a button and set the mood for dinner by dimming lights and playing music. Or just sit back and enjoy a movie in your own home theater. Put decades of experience to work for you. Visit us at whmsystems.com or call 304-350-1931. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer! The Mountaineer Pub offers many daily specials, including trivia night Mondays, karaoke Tuesdays, steak night Wednesdays and Sundays, only swing night Thursdays, and DJ and or karaoke, again Fridays and Saturdays. And remember, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mondays through Fridays is happy hour with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back on the sports mix. We're now joined on the phone by Tyler Kennett, writer for West Virginia News and the Exponent Telegram. Tyler, how are you today? I'm doing well, Nick. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. How about you? Well, he just said I have well. <laughs> a, a quite long drive ahead of me today to Mingo from Morgantown. But other than that, I'm, I'm doing great. That's good. Yeah. We got high school football playoffs going on right now. Um, Tyler, the, the AAA team that you've seen the most is Bridgeport. So just tell us a little bit yeah. about the Indian, or, or, yeah, the Indians this year. What have you seen from them? Yeah, uh, nine and one record. I, I saw quite a few. Obviously, we rotate a lot of teams this year, but uh, they've won seven in a row. Uh, they knocked down Park South, a fellow playoff team, forty-eight thirteen. Uh, pretty big win for them there down the stretch. But they lost to Morgantown early in the year, and that was a pretty close game, eight points. And then from then on, just kind of flipped the switch. So. Every time I've watched them, uh, it's been a pretty big win for them. I mean, I watched them beat John Marshall by nearly 50 and then watched them beat Brooke by 40. You know, so it's been – for me, I've seen them play extremely well. But uh, I know for sure there's been a couple of very close games as well for them. Tyler, Colin McLaughlin here. Looking at Bridgeport's record, they're 9-1 and one, but still put as the 8 seed because of strength of schedule – because of that, though, could teams potentially be sleeping on them since they're all the way down to eighth? 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, obviously they they play in the in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten has a lot of Double uh, A talent. I mean, you look at Fairmont Senior. In my opinion, the best team in Double A, they beat them by twenty points in a game that probably wasn't uh, as much of a difference as it indicates. That game was pretty close, and they pulled away with two touchdowns late. And then you know they play a Robert C. Bird who has struggled this year and Lincoln to close the season. You know, those are three wins that aren't getting you a ton of points in terms of the new system as well with the strength of schedule. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There there are a couple teams in AAA that you could really look at as uh, due to those points, there could be some teams that sleep on them. I mean, Bridgeport has made the second round every year. They've made the playoffs since 2006 and they've made it every year since 93. So, they tend to win in the first round at the very least. So I think you're right. Hey, Tyler, Dylan Bishop here. When it comes to Bridgeport and you know some of the, the other teams that you are familiar with that you've seen so far this year, how do you think the transfer portal ha- has affected this season? Because we've seen it all across the, the state, you know, when it comes to teams yeah. down like, you know, with Robert Shockey, uh, Cabell Midland. Uh, when it comes to the teams that you're familiar with, uh, what do you think has been the biggest impact when it comes to players switching schools th- uh, through the trade through the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, I remember talking to Coach Tyler Ferris at Bridgeport at the beginning of the year, and it was kind of a thing of like, you know, like obviously it's changing some things like do you do you have anybody coming into the school that's really gonna you know make that make a difference for you and it's not that he didn't say anyone could make a difference if anything he's a guy who tends to not try to give guys credit before they do anything on the field but to my knowledge i mean bridgeport i think had one in-county transfer of like just a kid that just straight up moved to bridgeport and probably didn't even see much playing time this year uh it really hasn't affected our area too much i we talk a lot about like I think that there was one kid who really moved the needle for a team uh, this year. But other than that, I mean, a lot of the kids stayed at the same schools for us. We didn't we didn't really see a whole lot of uh, transfers up here in uh, north central West Virginia. Tyler Bridgeport taking on George Washington tonight. Are you going to be at that game, or do you have a – you said you had a different game, didn't you? Yeah, I'll be at uh, Mingo Central watching – Philip Barber in Double A. Uh, we'll have somebody there for us, obviously, but uh, pretty sure. So this one's been fairly even. Bridgeport and George Washington are two and two in the series, uh, but those all those games have been in the playoffs, which is pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, the last time, 2011, George Washington won the game uh, between the two, and I think it was the quarterfinals, but. Uh, I feel like it's going to be pretty fun at the very least. You know, Bridgeport's always got that run it up the gut, single wing type of offense. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen anyone be able to defend it because even though every school in the state runs the ball, nobody can defend the run. I don't know. It's it's crazy. Let's switch over to the five against 12 matchup in class AAA, that being Princeton and Oak Hill. What have you seen from Princeton, I guess, this year as a team that you got to see for a bit? Yeah, uh, I'm from Mercer County, so a lot of it's just been like through the grapevine type of stuff. But uh, Dominic Collins is is probably one of the best talents I've seen on film Uh, in AAA. It feels like, you know, my younger brother plays for the single A school down there in Montcalm, and he's just all the time telling me that that kid's 
different. You know, their passing offense is crazy. Uh, they played the four seed Hurricane earlier on this year, and that game was was crazy close. Bridgeport, or not Bridgeport, sorry, <laughs> Princeton uh, was pretty close with Hurricane, and then I think Hurricane pulled away late. Uh, they kind of tended to warm up a little bit, and that was Princeton's only loss this year. So I mean, they've got a, a matchup in Oak Hill that obviously it's a rematch from the season, so it could be very interesting. They're a very exciting offense. Uh, not a very great team defensively. I feel like I could say that because I don't cover them very much, you know, so it's like they have some holes for sure, but they could throw it against anyone. They have set some records this year uh, for that school. Tyler, you mentioned that you're covering double-A game tonight. We actually, there's a bit of a connection for double-A up here. For us, the the, court, the senior quarterback of North Marion, Casey Minor, is actually the yeah. younger brother of Kara Miner, who is the lone graduate student up uh, here for Shepherd University on the women's basketball team that we cover. Yeah, so yeah. I was uh, curious well, what you can tell us about the double-A playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Casey Miner is a beast. I mean, he's, they went to Roan County three seed and just laid it on him. I think that Casey Miner had 160 yards, three touchdowns, uh, and two more on the ground with 60 or 70 more yards in, in one half. Uh, then they kind of laid off because they were up pretty huge against them. Uh, the, the playoffs run through Marion County this year in Double A. North Marion's number one, Fairmont Seniors number two, and East Fairmont is hosting its first playoff game since 2007 as the eight seed there. So it, it's a very uh, fun one for me. I don't have to do a lot of traveling, hopefully. But uh, yeah, they play Lincoln uh, in the first round again. Last year they were able to win that one pretty big. Uh, so, yeah, if you got a lot of, you know, stray North Marion fans that are up there, uh, fans of the Minor family maybe, then could be seeing some uh, good looks. Uh, Coach Darren Hayes does a great job with the Huskies, and they're such a fun team to watch every year. Tyler, you mentioned that your younger brother plays for Montcalm, the single-A school, correct? Yeah, 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 right. So feel free if you want to just say no comment to this question. I didn't expect to get this direction, but I felt like asking it since you kind of brought it up. Being a single-A school for them, they finished the year 8-2, and two, and even with that record, the way the new system set up, they missed the playoffs. So my question for you was going to be, maybe your thoughts about the new way with the strength of schedule and if you've heard any grumblings because of this instance and they're not the only mm-hmm. team that has had to face this instance there's another in Padden City in single A then one more in double A as that high school escapes me being eight and two but missing the playoffs have you heard any gripe or any complaints about potentially needing to change the system again because of it I think, I mean, obviously my Facebook has been fun this week, you know. Uh, everyone is, is angry, if that makes sense. I mean, Montcom has never played a tough schedule. You know, I remember when, when I was in high school, I didn't play, but I kind of traveled with the team because I was a golf guy. But, uh, you know, at the time, Montcom was losing, like, every game every year. This year they go 8-2. and two. That's nothing to hang anything on because it's, tied for the best record in the history of the school, you know? So uh, I tell people every week that it gets hard, harder and harder for me to explain why Montcalm didn't make it at eight and two. Like what, you know, the, the question is like, what do they need to do? And 
weirdly enough, the the answer was if you play James Monroe or or Williamstown and you lose by fifty or sixty points, you actually end up with a better point at the end of the season than you do if you didn't. You know, so it's uh, I have a, I have a lot of opinions on it. Obviously, because my my younger brother plays. You know, my family is important. I'm not going to take the side of anyone over them, but. Uh, well, I did notice that of those, you know, bottom few teams, Summers County is probably the the best. Uh, they're getting outscored by playoff teams in that twelve to sixteen range by like three hundred points. You know, so it's like you're getting points for losing to playoff teams. Summers County's beat two of them though. They have Wahama. That's tough in the first round, but that could be a team to watch out for. They're very exciting. Uh, that team's fun to watch as well. Tyler, another thing that you've kind of invested your time in throughout the high school football season is the high school football in West Virginia, Scorigami. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. <laughs> that was a uh, – so I, we were talking about Bridgeport, and Bridgeport played John Marshall, and I went up to that matchup. And Bridgeport won that game 72-24. to 24, And I was sitting at home – I was on the drive home. It's quite a bit for me. And I was like – there's no way that someone has done that score before, right? So if you've never heard of what scoregami is, it's basically uh, every time that a score has happened uniquely in the history of a given football league. And uh, so I got to work. I, you know, Four Seasons Football, if you've never heard of that website, is fantastic. It gives you pretty much any score for any season for any team. So I made an Excel spreadsheet of every single score for every single team in the history of the state and compiled it to see, you know, what has happened and, and what hasn't. And there's been like, um, I think the number now is 1,824 different scoring combinations. Uh, this year, there were 15 new ones, uh, which you could talk a lot of it up to some teams winning by a very large sum of points. But uh, one of those games was that Bridgeport game, 72-24. So it was a fun little project for me. You can find that if you want somewhere else know where it's at. All right, Tyler, one last question for you. If you feel like uh, giving us a prediction for Class AAA, how you see maybe fit um, the two teams that will be left standing in the state championship. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, you guys cover them. Martinsburg has been the team pretty much every season. It's been one of those teams that's like I can't uh, – I haven't been proven that anyone can beat them yet. Obviously, they're nine and zero. So give me them, and I guess uh, opposite side would be Huntington. Yeah, uh, that would be where I would lean. It'd be uh, Cavill. Yeah, the other Cavill. Yeah. yeah, sure. I, I don't know how brackets look. So, uh, <laughs> no yeah, worries. For sure. Give me uh, Martinsburg and Cavill Midland. That was those three teams. You know, with them and Huntington, Martinsburg Huntington would be an awesome matchup to see. Um, What's going to happen in the semifinals, most likely? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Bridgeport's got the potential to make some moves, and honestly, Morgantown does too. But, uh, yeah, those teams might just be another another level up. All right, appreciate the time, Tyler, and we'll talk to you next week. For sure. That was Tyler Kennett of WV News as we step aside and take a – break even though it's one o'clock the show is not over still got half an hour to go here as it's a football 
Friday is this segment brought to you by the Mary Scoop of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call them at 304-263-4343 or stop by. Schedule an appointment at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. This is WRNR Martinsburg and TV 10. to make it easier on my family. They were relieved to know I'll get just what I want. My family actually thanked me for taking matters into my own hands. Turns out having this awkward conversation wasn't awkward at all. Pre-planning is my choice. There are certain things about me my family may not know. Now they won't need to guess. The choices are yours. The peace of mind is theirs. Pre-plan your funeral with Brown Funeral Homes and everything will be taken care of. Find out more online at brownfuneralhomeswv.com. Brown Funeral Homes, here for you. At Carter Myers Automotive, what we do today will tomorrow become what we've done. That's why Owners Just Do More no longer defines us. Our work is never done because what we live by doesn't have a finish line. We care. Our company of owners is moving lives forward every day by finding more ways to care before, during, and after your purchase. Because when you're happy, so are we. Carter Myers Automotive. Proud to be the owners who just care more. Providing reliable protection since 1877, we are Farmers and Mechanics Insurance Companies. From small beginnings and over a century later, we maintain our dedication to our policyholders to provide dependable insurance protection and excellent customer service. Protecting everything from your home to your business has never been easier. Our team is here to ensure that you, your family, and your assets are taken care of. We enjoy giving back and doing our part to keep Martinsburg a great place to be. Playoff football is here as the undefeated Martinsburg Bulldogs host the Parkersburg South Patriots. Two receivers to each side for Clement. Gets the snap, hands it off to Fagan, who then has the end around to Musgrove on the near side. Musgrove will walk his way into the end zone off a beautiful block from Murphy Clement, and it's a touchdown on the trickery for Martinsburg. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 p.m. with kickoff set for 7.30. Right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the final segment of today's edition of the extended sports mix, the hour and a half episode. Uh, no guests this segment, so it's just us three guys talking. Talking ball. Talking ball, yeah. Um, but, um... Depending on how playoffs go, we, we might have those guys on again next week, or at least some of them. Um, but we got uh, a lot to talk about here in this final segment. Shepard taking on Mercyhurst tomorrow. It's a must-win game for the Rams if they want to play, qualify for the postseason. Um, it's a game that they should win, looking at the record of Mercyhurst, the fact that Mercyhurst hasn't been very competitive this season. There's nothing that really makes you feel like the Rams would lose, but we kind of felt that way against Bloomsburg. Now, Bloomsburg was the least competitive. Mercyhurst hasn't really been competitive with anybody good. So you feel like Shepard's going to go in and dominate this one. It's Military Appreciation Day. It's uh, it's um, Senior Day as well for the Rams, so a lot riding on it. The Rams are at home. The weather should be good. There's nothing that really makes you think Shepard's going to lose, but you can't overlook the opponent. Mercyhurst, a team that has a solid quarterback, uh, the quarterback in uh, Urena actually 
went to Chino Hills High School, which is, of course, the high school of the Big Baller brand. Lonzo Lamello and Leandro Ball went to high school there. So that's kind of interesting. And uh, besides that, though, I think um, Shepard should be fine against Mercyhurst. I don't see too much on their team that really concerns you if you're looking at it from the Shepard perspective. Um, besides the fact that they've lost to a team that they're better than before this season, that's the only concern I feel like you have. Yeah, with the Bloomsburg game, there was, you know, it was a road game, a little bit of the travel for Shepard. Obviously, Shepard, outside of Shippensburg, has to travel about, you know, two and a half, three hours to any road game in the PSAC game, even more if you're talking about going up towards Lake Erie. But this is, this is a home game. Like you said, Bloomsburg had that one win record but a lot of those games were more competitive and also I think Shepard at that point in the season before the loss to Bloomsburg had kind of fallen into a little bit more of a if you want to call it a false sense of security or a comfort zone whatever they're coming off the best game of the season right exactly but now after that loss you know through the East Stroudsburg game and this game it was you know playoff season like you we have to win there's a more of a sense of urgency when it comes to these games so there's not going to be potentially that same you know mental you know thing that Shepard might have had going into overlooking Bloomsburg a little bit you might say yeah Mercyhurst is a team that you know has struggled this year and it's this is a game that Shepard should win by a lot of points and I think you could have said the same about Bloomsburg, but there's a, a couple of different... A different feel. Yeah, a different feel to it, like the things that I just mentioned. So I'm not too worried about it. I I think that you got to obviously not overlook them. You're just going to come out and play your game. like Play a game like you played last week against East Stroudsburg, a team that's much better than Mercyhurst, even though a lot of East Stroudsburg's wins have been against you know the lower tiers right. of the PSAC or they've been still close, winning close games yes exactly Mercy Mercy Hurst. isn't winning those no games. no this is a game you should win by a lot I believe the SP plus projection for this game is 46 to 11 so that's uh 35 points right there so that's that's the spread that you would put on this so it, it really comes down to you know you take care of business then you look out for what's going on in the in Kutztown and in East Stroudsburg with East Stroudsburg hosting Cal with Kutztown hosting Slippery Rock in the PSAC championship game. Yeah, I mean, if East Strasburg beats Cal, then you're getting a home game next week. Yeah, likely. and you might still get one if the, if Cal wins. But you do have to look at, they're not going to get a home game if Kutztown wins because Kutztown will stay above them. I just don't see them jumping Cal with a Cal win because the fact that Cal's ahead of them right now, I don't see that changing when they beat a better team this week. Yeah, that's the one thing that it makes it interesting. I do still kind of think that there's that weird thing with the three teams all together, Cal, Kutztown, Shepard, yeah. where they all have two losses and they're all one and one against each other to where maybe if one dropped down, then the head-to-head, uh, if the one dropped down to three losses like Kutztown or Cal could do, is that maybe then the head-to-head starts to take a lot more mm-hmm. into it because then you're not measuring three teams against each other where the head-to-head doesn't matter. and Because when you don't have to look at the head-to-head, that's where Cal really comes into play and looks like the best of the three because their losses are to Shepard, a two-loss team, and Slippery Rock, an undefeated team, versus Kutztown's loss to Assumption and Cal 
Shepherd's loss to Kutztown, a two-loss team, and Bloomsburg. Yeah. So that's why I think that's where they shape they shake out now. But that is something to consider. Does the committee say, well, hey, Cal was already ahead of both of these teams, and they won, so why would they drop down? Yeah. So, so I can see that happening. But at the same time, I think if one of those teams, Kutztown, say, loses to Slippery Rock, maybe then you take into consideration a lot more the head-to-head when you're only looking at two teams against each other. Things get wild if Kutztown beats Slippery <laughs> oh, yeah. Rock and if East Strasburg beat, beats Cal. I think it gets kind of wild, too. I mean, in, in some ways, you would still that would just mean that Shepard moves up. But in terms of those other teams trying to get in, it makes it pretty interesting for those last few spots. For Shepard's sake, if they want a home game, you got to somehow make the committee or whoever does these rankings believe that the Bloomsburg game was a fluke. Yeah, so you got to win. It's definitely tough. I mean, yeah, you're probably not moving up against Cal if you only beat Mercyhurst by a touchdown. Because since the month of October, Shepard's been playing really well. They've been winning by two or more touchdowns, other than that Bloomsburg game. Yeah, it was the close games at the beginning of the year that made you worry. Mm -hmm. But you take that out of the picture. And that's what really makes this Bloomsburg loss even more frustrating. I just don't see, no matter what the score is tomorrow, I don't see, no matter what the score is tomorrow, Shepard impressing anybody by beating Mercyhurst. I just don't see it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Changing anything for them. So the only thing that could help them move into a home game, I feel like, is a cow loss. Yes. But that could still be a Kutztown home game, potentially. If Kutztown wins, of course. But, Colin, go ahead if you had anything else. Oh, no, because you said Cal plays East Stroudsburg, right? Yes. So in let's East say, Stroudsburg. Let's say if East Stroudsburg wins, does they then? Well, Shepard beat East Stroudsburg. All right, so then either way you're going to the head-to-head now? Well, it's like confusing, losses, right? Cause right? It's because it's like, yes. Now, now we're saying either way it would be the winner of that outcome you should put behind Shepard because well, of that's, let's, the fact of head-to-head. Because but East Stroudsburg behind East Stroudsburg right and yeah. Cal. But if East Stroudsburg wins that game, I'm saying, is there a way for them to potentially go over Shepard because well, of their losses maybe not being as bad as that Shepard Bloomsburg? That's loss? a good point. Yeah, I mean, it would it would look the same as Cal, right? Because right. it would be that's that the they lost of, to Cal and and Kutztown. That's kind of the thing that or no, I, they lost to Kutztown and Shepard. That's yeah. kind of the thing that I'm talking about is when you get to the end of Saturday and there's only two two loss PSAC teams. Why not look at the head-to-head if it's Cal and Shepard or if it's East Stroudsburg and Shepard? Yeah, that's fair. I I mean, maybe that is what Shepard takes, but it's just like, I guess it is because of the three teams. But obviously, like how, why would they change it now, though, is my thing. Like, why would they change it? Well, he does bring up a good point because you got three teams right now. That's what's canceling everything. And really, you got four. You got to throw East Stroudsburg in there, too. You do have to throw them in. They haven't played Cal yet. I don't think they, did they play Kutztown? Yeah, they they lost Kutztown. They lost Kutztown. Their two losses are by a touchdown to Kutztown at Kutztown. Yeah. And then the loss to Shepard. Yes. Which was a blow. So that's what puts them out of that tier, is that against the three teams ahead of them, against the other three two-loss PSAC teams, they're 0-2. Versus the other three, Cal, Kutztown, Shepard, are all 1-1. One one. I just don't know which they're going to weigh more. When it comes that's down the thing. To we it. don't really know are unless we got on here and talked to all of the you know people that are a part of the ranking committee. And you know what they would tell us? They would tell us that all goes and that's all factored. Yeah, they would say, we factor everything into, into Equal. consideration. Equally, no. You don't. You can't. 
Yeah. It's not possible. Everyone on the committee is going to have their own opinion. And I've said say, this before, too. Like, how much does it matter that Shepard's the back-to-back regional champion? Yes. Like, does that matter at all? Does that give yeah. Shepard any more, I guess, view as being just a better program? I mean, or they have more cachet, you could say. Yeah. yeah. They've been there before, but it's a completely different team. You know, so I think there's there's a lot here. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like since Cal's been ahead of them the whole time, it, w- it would it's be, tough to see Shepard jumping them all of a sudden just because they beat Mercyhurst. It week. would be, Cal would be well within their rights to be upset if Shepard jumped them. They say, well, we beat East Stroudsburg. That was seventh in the rankings. Shepard beat Mercyhurst, who has, you know, one, one win. Mm-hmm. Why do they jump us after they have two wins? They're two, two, two wins. Why do they jump us after that? All that happens. And in my mind, all I would say was, well, you lost the Shepherd. You shouldn't have lost the Shepherd. Yeah, it's tough. And, and how much do they look at the individual games, too? Because, yeah. like, the Shepherd Cal game was a weird game. Cal was up 28 17. Mm-hmm. They were well in control of it. They probably should have won. But turnovers and, and stuff kind of hurt them. And they but gave then, them a kick return touchdown, and they didn't win. So. You know, and how much does it matter that Shepard had closer games against some of the same teams that Cal mm-hmm. beat early in the season? So it all kind of goes together. I don't see Shepard jumping Cal because Cal's been ahead of them this whole time. But I do see the point that you're making, Dylan, where maybe it was more so a three-way thing more <laughs> than a, a Cal versus Shepard thing. And maybe if it comes down to Cal versus Shepard, they look at that head-to-head and they mm-hmm. say, well, Shepard beat Cal. There's no way we can put Cal ahead of Shepard at this point. So it, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. We'll just see what these final rankings end up being. I'll understand it either way. Yeah. Because, you know, Shepard can get up in arms and say, oh, why, why, we beat Cal. What, why aren't, why aren't we getting this home game? And I'd say, well, you shouldn't have lost to Bloomsburg. Mm-hmm. And then Cal can say the same thing. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have lost to Shepard. Yeah. So switch over to the WVU Oklahoma game. Yeah. I think we're good. I mean, Shepard should win tomorrow and, they should. Then we'll go from we there. just wait. We'll go from there. <laughs> we we just will wait react to the fallout. Wait and react. Yep. Yeah, I think that's everything I had on that game. So, go ahead, Colin. What All do you right. think about WV Oklahoma? I think it's very interesting, right? Oklahoma's coming off of back to back losses now. Yeah. I think they so, are coming off back to back losses. They're and WVU beat them last year. WVU beat them last year. WVU coming off its best conference win in five years. Can they do it again? Can they finally win in Norman? <laughs> Probably not. As a fan, part of me wants to believe in them. I mean, they've been Probably running not. the ball really, really well. I feel like every time WVU gets your hopes up this season, but at the same time, it's Oklahoma, exactly, and they're thirteen-point underdogs. So I w- yeah, I, I'm kind of like, I'm not going to be surprised when they stab me in the back. I will say, kind of, you know, side point about Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma moving to the SEC next year, and they lost to Oklahoma State. Uh-huh. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Bedlam. The, the running joke about Bedlam is anything can happen in Bedlam. Oklahoma could win by seven points. Oklahoma could win by 47 points. Or Oklahoma could win by 27 points. Anything could happen. Oklahoma has dominated that rivalry, and I think it's so funny that the last time they'll ever play each other outside of, you know, the WVU pit, ever schedule, you know, yeah, schedule out of conference. Which they should. Oklahoma State gets to run out of the building with the title belt like CM Punk in Chicago at uh, Money in the Bank. <laughs> it's it incredible. Was it was. But yeah, I, I think Oklahoma's yeah, probably going to win this gonna win. Yeah, by a good bit. 
the uh, I don't know. No, let's be honest. I think WVU keeps it close, but I Oklahoma too, but wins. Oklahoma's going to win. Like Dylan Gabriel's a pretty good quarterback. I don't see WVU having that passing game. Uh, which but hasn't really been it? there all all year, but they do have a great running game. And like, what's the Oklahoma defense like? So I think WVU keeps it close. But I'm going to go with the Sooners since it's in Norman. If it was at Morgantown, I would pick. They a came WVU. close last time in Norman. They just didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it was going to be closer than game? it has been most times. But yeah, I think the going back to SP Plus projection, Oklahoma's favor is projected to win by 16, which Honestly, it's a lot better than some years, WVU, Oklahoma. I, I, if they only lose by 17, I'd say, eh, it's not, that's not bad. You know, Oklahoma's a really good team. They, you know, they beat Texas and in a great game. So Oklahoma's been one of the best teams in the country this year. And it's, it's no shame to lose to them, even yeah. if it's by you know, a pretty significant margin. This is a good WVU team. They're just good. Pretty good. They're going bowling. Yeah. Bowl team. They should win. They should end the year with eight wins. Who has a better kicker? Because the last two years, it's been decided by late field goals. I don't know, but um, I think uh, WVU like they've they haven't had that signature win yet. This so that's yet. another thing to consider mm-hmm. this season. Oklahoma has beaten some good teams like Texas, so. Maybe some of the strengths of those six wins for WVU aren't the best, but this would be a great opportunity to do that. I think you win this game, you know. Do you crack the top 25 if you win this game? I don't know if a three-loss um, team would be in the top 25 at this point in the season. I would or have not. to see who's at the end of the top 25 now. Is the NCAA going to get crazy? Finally ranked And then also, if Oklahoma's, lost, if Oklahoma's lost three straight games, maybe yeah. they're going to be like, oh, they stink. So it's not even that good of a win. Can they really think Oklahoma stinks? When when does the NCAA ever think that? If they lose three straight, they fought it last year, right? Didn't they stink last year? Yes. That's why WVU beat them. (laughs) Yes. Moving on to the NFL? Yeah, sure. Sure. All right, we got about 10 minutes. We can talk some NFL. Um, Your commanders, Colin, they're still in the playoff race. They got the Seahawks tomorrow at 425. They do. You mean Sunday, not tomorrow. Sunday, yeah. Okay. Tomorrow for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Tomorrow I got work again, so today's my Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. That still would make tomorrow Saturday, which still means you're not playing, Nick. <laughs> yes, today is Friday. Boy math. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> Dylan, Dylan understands. You still failed, though. <laughs> Moving on. Seahawks looked bad last week, but it but the Ravens. But it was the Ravens. It was against the Ravens. They're the best team ever. That's no, right. but <laughs> the best team. They are the best team in the NFL. I think. Seahawks I think it's win so far this year. You have to say the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. It's not that bad to have get blown out by them. The Lions did yeah. the same thing. I think you can still say the Lions are really good, but you know who's not really good? The Commanders. So, Seahawks win. Yeah. Yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, that's. Uh, gonna be a rough day i think for the seahawks have a good defense defensive line especially adding leonard williams they didn't look good last week no no they didn't um but that being said yeah sam howell takes way too many sacks the offensive line gives up sacks it's it'll be rough but sam howell makes a lot of nice throws down the field i am start (laughs) i hate that you know that now (laughs) 
to go behind the scenes. Of pe- they, these these guys have hacked into my ESPN Fantasy League Didn't account by the fact that it was logged in on the computer. We didn't trade anybody, so you should just be happy that I didn't trade Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua to my team. That's true. You could have. Or my yeah. team. <laughs> you very much could have. Anyway, Ravens-Browns, right? <laughs> should be a good one. I actually think Washington keeps it close against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, they're only six-point underdogs. I think so they I cover. Think they, you think they cover? Yeah. I kind of like Washington in this game for some reason. Sam Howell is just very chaotic. So yes, sometimes that turns into just like some good things happen. Like the, the roll of the dice this week goes your way. And Sam Howell's, you know, 10 throws down the field and all the times that he's, you know, running around in the pocket or outside of the pocket. Sometimes he just doesn't get sacked on those plays. And sometimes he throws it down the field and it's a completion instead of an interception. And it's so it's just very like chaos quarterback. I think it also would just be such a Washington sports move to try to tank and then fail at tanking. Fail at tanking, go five and five into the New York Giants at home. That's a very good point that the commanders are one of the best teams in the league when it comes to just not being able to tank. All right, so I guess we're a playoff team now. Okay, so give me Washington. And wiz- yeah, like you said, the goal. Wizards do the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. So give me Washington by a field goal to get to five and five. Yeah, you've why convinced not? me. To like, what is Seattle really? What are, what are you really scared about with them? Their defense is all right, but like you can run the I ball think on that them. They're obviously. just a very. I think they're just a very good team. Like Geno Smith has been very good, just not, not great. Not as much good as he was last year. I they've been down the last few weeks a little bit. They they started they off run strong the ball pretty well, but like yeah, I like their offensive their coordinator. Um, I think he, they've been it's drawing true. up some good stuff for them. But no, we got to talk about the best team in the NFL, right? Moving on from the Commanders, Chicago exactly. Bears and Tyson Bajan. We can talk about them. In okay, a second. the second best team in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens got the Browns this week, and we'll actually see the Ravens versus Browns against Watson, which I think is interesting because the Ravens stopped Cleveland a few weeks ago in cleveland but that was against dorian thompson robinson so not nearly as big of a challenge a guy that was drafted over tyson major keep that in mind as well too mm-hmm. but um all quarterbacks were well yes but i meant he wasn't undrafted okay ravens just on the long list of quarterbacks picked over tyson ravens browns um you know i said i feel like since cleveland lost nick chubb it's hard to really favorite them. Like they still have a decent running game, but I feel like that was such a big loss to their team. They've, and I, I, Watson's been so inconsistent. If he's healthy, he's been okay. He was healthy last week and looked pretty good, but it was against the Cardinals. I think the Ravens win this one, but it's probably going to be close. Cleveland still has a good defense. I think they'll make some adjustments for the first time these two teams played. But last time they played, the Ravens kind of just ran the ball all, all over them, if I'm remembering correctly, and their defense was dominant, and they got a good 28-3 to win. I think Cleveland does uh, keep it close, probably, since it's a rivalry game. It will be in Baltimore, though, and I'm going to go with the Ravens. Yeah, it feels like the Browns have, oddly enough, gotten more over on the rate i don't want to say they have their number because the ravens beat them plenty of times they, but it does series, feel like they're yeah. more, that there's instances where it's randomly the browns or the browns beat the ravens but back in say 2019 when the ravens rattled off you know you no know, 12 straight wins or whatever For the it most was. part the ravens have dominated it it hasn't been very close but there are every once in a while cleveland gets them um, yeah 
or at least they make it close. You know, it's a rivalry game. I mean, yeah, it's a Browns. Game. Browns have a really good defense. Miles Garrett is you know perennial defensive player of the year candidate especially this year he's been you know almost single-handedly won them a game i think against the titans by just his blocked you know blocked field goal when the sacks and everything and ronnie stanley kind of struggled last week against the seahawks but the rest of the offensive line did pretty well i just think that deshaun watson has not been good in cleveland like he's had moments of being okay but we've seen other quarterbacks come in and do better for the Browns offense. And I'm not just talking about Jacoby Brissett. I'm talking about PJ Walker as well. And I just think that, you know, the 27 nothing win over the Cardinals last week, it was, you know, Clayton Toon was playing quarterback for the Cardinals. And of course, they're not going to put up any points in the offense for the Browns where it's going to get a lot of possessions out of it. I think the Ravens defense is just on fire right now. And the offense is starting to get themselves figured out not not the most consistent that they could be but well enough keaton mitchell is now potentially another weapon yeah. to use in the running He's game fast. yeah he is so the ravens are i think six and a half point favorites that sounds about right i would be surprised and disappointed if they lost this game but it's the nfl stuff like that just randomly happens let's hit on the bears last night uh pittsburgh also has a game but they should win. Yeah, they're playing the, the Packers. Packers. That's just yeah, the Packers yeah. are no good. Yeah. That sounds like a boring game like we had last night. <laughs> what was boring about it? Tyson Bajan's now 2-2. Two and two. Tyson Bajan, uh, first of all, Travis, Travis Bajan is vindicated on all levels. He said that Tyson should have been the first pick in the draft, and look what happens. He goes out there, he plays against the first pick in the draft, Bryce Young, and he outplays him. No, they played about the same. Yeah, yeah, played. He got the win. That's the difference. It tie goes to the winner. How about that? The only difference because and five less incompletions. I think passing yards. No touchdowns. No interceptions. Wins are a quarterback. But he was sacked three times. Tyson wasn't. Yeah, I mean, look, Tyson does some good things. Tyson, and I think, uh, yeah, I went back. I watched the highlights. I wasn't watching Bears Panthers for three hours. It's understandable. Um, So I just went and watched the highlights, and I got the whole game pretty much in ten minutes. Uh, but I thought Tyson did a really good job of, you know, stepping up in the pocket, avoiding those sacks, taking care of the football. He had a few throws that were nearly intercepted, but it wasn't a ton. Um, and I thought, like, watching him and watching Bryce Young, there wasn't that much of a difference, if I'm being yeah. honest. Both of them do a lot of the same things well, and that's get the ball out quick. When they're able to get the ball out quick, they usually look pretty good throwing it. When they're not and things break down is where they kind of struggle. And I thought that was kind of the takeaway from both quarterbacks. And Tyson got the win. He didn't turn the ball over. Played smart. Played pretty well. And uh, I think, like I said before, that's really all he needed to do to lock up a job long term, I think, as a backup quarterback in the league. so Starting quarterback. He's 2-2. Two and two. There needs to be a little bit of controversy. No. Yes. Nah. Yes. They're not paying him anything. So that's yeah. number one reason why. Number they're two. They're not going to be paying anything to Justin Fields after the end of the year. They invested a lot into Justin Fields. They still want to see what they have. Do they, though? I think they do. I don't think they're going to bench him for Tyson. Here's. I think they trade him, even if they draft another quarterback next year. My, I'd say my take is... Or offseason. you draft weapons for Tyson. I, I do think that... As much as you could, the Panthers as much as you comments. could say, as much as wins you, in the NFL. 
as much as you can say, um, you know, you still want to see what you have in Justin Fields. I would cut bait with Tyson, with just with Justin Fields. Just on the near fact that I don't think him in Chicago is going to work out. If I were another team with a better situation, I would be looking to trade for Justin Fields because I think there's potential there. Maybe he's not completely broken. Maybe it is Chicago that's more the problem. But I would want Tyson to be my backup. And I, if I were the Bears, I would want to trade Justin Fields and try to use one of the top two picks in the draft because you're going to have two picks very high. I would probably hope to come out of this year's draft with either Caleb Williams or Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. at the top of the draft and still have Tyson Bajan as your backup. Reminds me of my fantasy league. We have lost track of time. We got 10 seconds. I didn't. I knew it was 129. I did not. Why didn't you tell me? Just letting Dylan finish his point. All right. Well, sorry, Dylan. But for Dylan Bishop, Nick Verzellini, I'm Colin signing off here on today's edition of The Sports Mix.